Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, with a dash of garden, chatting about current interests, and life in my northern town. You can find show notes at mycreativecorner3.com. You can also find all of my social media, how to purchase a virtual cup of coffee, and all events on the website. Please feel free to stop by and leave a comment. I really appreciate everyone who listens. Thanks for stopping by. Welcome to the podcast. everybody. Here we are. The dog days of summer are upon us. I've had a reprieve for the last couple of days from the hot, hot summer, but it's coming right back. In fact, our National Weather Service was trying to be cute and say it's going to be an 80s week. It's totally awesome. I was just laughing really hard um, because during the last hot spell here, which was only... Mm, about a week, week and a half ago, my husband and I came down with COVID. I know I got it again. I cannot believe it. Of course, I got it at work from a coworker both times, you know, people who really are dedicated to their job and came to work when they were sick. Oh, oh well, I didn't have it as bad, but let's not spend the entire conversation today about COVID. I'm going to be talking about what I'm going to be doing to help get better. But what I wanted to say is during all of that heat, our air conditioner, our 20 year old central air conditioning unit stopped working. Dun, dun, dun. You know, I do not tolerate heat. Well, it was the hottest day. I did call a repairman. My husband actually called and it happened to be a friend of the family who we knew um, by serendipity. He came over and looked at it. He's worked on the air conditioner before. He did the best he could and he got it running again. However, we are getting bids so far. Um, the people we've had come to look at it haven't showed up for bids. Uh, this is a problem up here. It's a terrible problem. We have somebody else coming Friday to give us a bid. Hopefully, it's not a scary, scary number. But I'm praying that this week, when it gets back up into the 80s, totally awesome that it will stay running. So after having, you know, a week off of work, I've been back to work. I have to say my energy is getting better. And I've really started taking an interest in doing quilting, crafting, and making things, which I have not been as interested in doing things for the last few months since I got COVID the first time in May. But I did finish um, one quilt in July. A friend of mine wanted a all over swirl on her quilt and I am trying to load another quilt this weekend. Hopefully we can get together and everyone will be well enough that the lady who wanted her Irish chain with an all over swirl can come pick it up for her grandchild. So that was one project that I did. 
And let's talk about the quilting I have done. Um, really, in the last week, I have pieced, I think, three blocks. And yes, I am working on the Great Granny Squared Quilt Along with Fat Quarter Shop and Lori Holt. I am behind, but, you know, who cares? It's just a arbitrary number, right? As to help motivate people to get something done while everybody else is quilting. Now, I got to look on Fat Quarter Shop to see how many blocks we're supposed to have done by this time. So by today, we are supposed to have 18 of the 20 blocks done, and I have... 10 done. So, you know, I'm a little bit behind. I'm okay with that. I knew from the beginning I was not going to be able to keep up 100% because I decided I was going to do all of the Great Granny Squared projects, all of them. So there was a Great Granny Square free pattern by Lori Holt and Fat Quarter Shop on Fat Quarter Shop for cross-stitching. Now, remember last time I made a mistake in buying pearl cotton, and so I did a three-block strip, and then I did turn it into a bookmarker. So I did a deep dive on YouTube because, you know, I've never done a lot of cross-stitching, and the things that I have done already had finished edges. They were on Ada cloth or even weave that was already designed to have a pattern put on it. So I had to figure out how to finish this bookmark without it becoming um, a mess. So I watched several, 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 oh my gosh, there's so many different ways that you can turn your cross stitch into a bookmark. But the method I liked the most was putting a really thick felt back on your piece. And then they used a really thick, double-sided, heavy interfacing. Um, what do you want to call that? Anyway, you press it on and it glues both pieces together. So I had a lightweight interfacing for like making t-shirts and that worked pretty good. But the other part of it is that I was concerned about the top of the cross stitch fraying. So part of the finishing of the bookmark this way is that once you fuse the back to the top of your stitching, you let it cool off. And of course, then my iron spewed water everywhere because I haven't used it in a while. Then you stitch super, super close to the very edge of your stitching project with a small stitch on your sewing machine. So not only do you have this glued with your melted interfacing, but you're stitching around the edges. And then you trim it as close to your seam as you can, which I did. Now, my granny squares are a little bit bigger than the average bookmark. They're like three inches wide, so it's pretty wide. But I wanted it. It's the exact right height for my journal. And I can keep this bookmark in place for each weekly spread in my Silk and Sounder journal. I um, Then when I... I trimmed it all up, I decided, you know, I'm still a little concerned that this 14 count Ada is going to um, ravel, unravel a little bit because I bought 
um, cheap Ada cloth online from Hobby Lobby because they were the only place that had the foam core boards that I still want to make. And that's a Lori Holt project too. So I thought, okay, I just bought this really cool little bottle with the very, very fine tip of Aileen's Original Fabric Fusion. It's a permanent fabric adhesive. So I bought this for some other projects and I put it on a very thin bead of this glue around the top so that the edges won't fray. So far it's working. I thought I'm going to test this out and put the bookmark in my journal and use it for a while to see how it holds up. And if it works out pretty well, maybe I'll make some more bookmarks of small cross-stitch projects. The thing I have found is that I really do remember why I liked cross-stitch. It's fun. It's relaxing. It's super meditative. Counted cross-stitch is a lot of fun if you pick a stitch count big enough. And the pearl cotton was so... It's such a thick, you can do cross stitch with it, but you can't do a 14 count Ada. It's too thick of a fabric. So I did it over two squares then, um, so it made the project a lot bigger. I really like it. I really like this project and I liked cross stitch so much. I decided to join in on the You're the Boss of Your Quilt cross stitch project. So that is a stitch along and if you want to learn all about it you can go to Jolly Jabber's blog which is a fat quarter shops blog or you can go to um, the fat quarter shops floss tube and she does a big introduction um, a couple of weeks ago on this particular stitch along and um, you're the boss of your quilt is something that Lori Holt always says you're the boss of your quilt you can make it however you want and I like quilting and cross-stitch so much. It is a cross-stitch with little quilt blocks all around it. And in the middle, it says, you're the boss of your own quilt. And I decided I'm keeping that phrase in there because that's what appealed to me so much about the project. So I started before August 5th because I'm a slow cross-stitcher. I'm glad I started early. I got my Q-snap frame out. I used to use it for hand quilting and doing cross stitch. I still had it and all the pieces still are, they fit. They It clips on the side and it is a frame that is very lightweight. It's made out of plastic. And I um, started and I realized 14 count Ada on the uh, I think it's Zweigert um, Company, which is what um, they recommended for this project through Fat Quarter Shop, is a little bit smaller and harder to see than the cheap Hobby Lobby 14 count. <laughs> and the DMC thread comes in a thread pack, and it all came early. So I got it all ready to go. I even taped the edges of this particular project with a... Uh, painter's tape because um, I did a stitch in hand without a frame um, for the little granny square and I thought well this will be more fun well it's a little small on my eyes so I dug out my daylight rechargeable desk lamp it's just a little portable travel lamp um, but 
it's old enough now that it doesn't want to hold a charge. And guess what? The recharging tips are now different on all of our phones and things. So I found we just bought a recharger pack. You know, one of those things that you charge up to take with you so you can plug your phone or your camera or whatever device in. So I've been using that to keep my daylight lamp charged up and it works really, really well. The light on it is great. I can see well and I have the first little corner almost done. And of course, there's a mistake in it. There's always a mistake in cross stitch and I'm not ripping it out. It, the whole block is nearly done, like 90% of the first block done because I wanted a, a wee bit of a head start and try to keep up with this particular stitch along and, and there's a mistake in it. I'm not going to tell you what the mistake is. Yes, I will. Okay. I miscounted. This is the frustration of counted cross stitch. When I counted um, the length of the block, I made it one X longer than it is wide. It will be fine, but it's not perfect. And this brings up the whole Silk and Sounder theme, breaking up with perfection. I am leaving it. I have to leave it. I have hours of investing, of <laughs> invested in this, and I don't want to cut a hole in this very expensive Ada cloth. But I learned a lesson. I am going, because my eyes are not oh, 25 years old anymore, I'm getting the largest Ada cloth you can buy for the next project. <laughs> or I'm stitching over two squares. But this project, I want it to actually go on the cloth. And to do that, I already cut the cloth down a little bit. It has to be as written in the pattern, which I'm doing. Proud of myself. I'm following the pattern and I'm not changing it. Yay! Okay, back to Granny Square. What else is part of the great Granny Square along is crocheting Granny Squares. I started busting this dash of yarn I have, and I realized I don't have very much left. And I didn't like the three or four tester ones I did. They're really dark, bland colors, grays and yellows and burgundies. And I'm like, you know, I don't like them. So I thought, why not use up this monstrous sized bag of pearl cotton and crochet little granny squares and they're super cute they're three inches they're really shiny they're the same amount of rounds it's just it's a smaller thread so versus a yarn and it's going to make a doll blanket or little tiny pin cushion or something i don't know yet i will see how big it is so far i have 13 of those done so i did 11 of the blocks for quilt the quilt um, great Granny Square quilt. I have the little cross stitch project done and the crochet project is almost done. And I like these hand projects for in the evening, especially during this time of recuperation because I'm spending a lot more time sitting and I've been home um, a few more days than usual because of sickness and it was fun. To, to be able to do that. So once I finish up with the Great Granny Square crochet project, I'm gonna keep going with the cross stitch. And there's always the English paper piecing to do as a handwork. I may get that out this winter. There's lots and lots of hand stitching projects that I could do. But that's about all I've been doing as far as crafts and creativity go. 
I just been moving really slow. And I was like, man, I wanted to have so much done. I wanted to have all of these quilts long armed. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this. One thing I'm going to walk away from when you get sick, and I have had many sicknesses in my life where it knocked me down for, say, a year, or I've had chronic illnesses with flare-ups that kind of put you down for a while. But I've had most of that controlled and managed really well for the last 10 years. And I remember having to do this deep breath and rethink my daily rules for myself. For example, I always like to have myself fully dressed every day, even when I'm sick, before noon. I used to have a rule before the whole pandemic started that I would have full makeup and hair done. Um, I let that rule go because I realized it's kind of a ridiculous rule. <laughs> well, I broke my rule today. It's 1230. I'm still in my pajamas and I haven't showered yet because I decided to do a little bit more this morning. And I like to do my housework and some of my exercising and stuff before I shower. So that was the rule. The other rule is about the housework I just mentioned. I used to do um, a big cleanup every morning and a big cleanup every night, which I still try to do when my health allows it. And then cleanup routine is the kitchen dishes and making sure the counters are wiped off and at least if I don't get that done before I go to bed I do that the next morning so that when I come home from work the kitchen is clean it's the first room you come to in my house and I really hate coming home to a dirty kitchen and dirty stinky dishes even though right now I can't smell them they still no one likes that so I have been keeping up on the dishes. But as far as the rest of the housework, it used to be do that plus the fly lady 15 minutes and keeping up on all your decluttering and a zone and trying to keep the whole house done with the power hour of cleaning on Saturday. No, that has not happened in months. And the house got a little cluttered more than usual. Believe me, people, I do not have a minimalist clean house where everything is put away. My house is pretty lived in and we like it that way. And I have to say I'm a maximalist. I have lots of collections, but my rules have always been that as we bring more things into the house, you have to either store, pack, put away, or get rid of items and then rotate them out seasonally. And I've been trying to keep up with that. But the clutter has gotten pretty bad. Like all of my cross stitching, my crocheting, all that turned out to be a mountain by my chair. So I spent this morning in very small increments of time just picking a few things up. And I did get the dusting done um, a little bit. I'm only spending like 10 minutes, 5 to 10 minutes on a project. You know, wipe the sink out in the bathroom. That's then I had to rest. So I've had to break things down to, you know what, micro time a day for micro times and not blocks of time, not even 15 minutes. I can't do a lot of that kind of heavy work in 15 minutes. So when I have a minute, literally one minute, I'll do something like wipe out the sink. 
So my housework has been broken up to multiple micro steps throughout the day. And this is how it is when you have a chronic illness or a condition where you can't tolerate doing activity. My lungs are not fully healed. Even with the inhalers, I still get really winded and short of breath and tired. So micro, micro steps. And this is how I have had to do my house during flare-ups over the, over the years. But I was always able to do 15 minutes. No, I have to sit and take a break now. That's okay. It, it, it's just annoying more than anything. And that's how I've been doing my crafts too. I can do 10 or 15 minutes of sitting at a machine but I can't do much more than that. So I'm back to doing like five minutes. I'll cut out the one granny square block and then I'll sit down and then maybe I'll crochet because I don't have to think about a crocheting a granny square. I'll do 10 or 15 minutes of cross stitch maybe after work or on my lunch because my brain is tired from all of the decisions I've had to make at work. And I'm literally doing very meditative, not many decisions for the brain when I'm resting. So what's nice about cross stitch is I don't have to think about pattern design or anything. I'm following this pattern that's already been made. So that's kind of how I've been approaching um, the last couple of months. Now what I'm trying to add on is daily rehabilitation things like 15 minutes of it in the morning and 15 in the afternoon. Now this rehabilitation is my own research and my own desire because there's really no um, information out there about long COVID. So to, to exercise my body, I've decided, you know, stretching, isometrics, if I can do five minutes of that, wonderful and if I can do five minutes a couple of times a day it's adding more activity each day and I got this new watch so I'm counting all of my steps accurately some days I can only do a thousand steps some days I can do closer to three or four four is like the most I've been able to do and not all at once well, a few weeks ago, I was able to row for five minutes and then I got sick again. So I'm slowly adding hand weights and doing some body movements, you know, just really lightweight. And I'm hoping to start that again this week. Super lightweight stuff, nothing heavy duty. Smelling, um, I have a collection of essential oils. So I'm doing the smell training where you pick three or four scents and you try to smell them and sniff them and try to remember what they smelled like, what it felt like when you were making things like this. Uh, one is orange spice, so it kind of reminds me of fall and pumpkins and tea tree oil. <coughs> I have some of that, which is fresh and clean and disinfecting kind of a smell. I really can't smell much of these things, but it's getting a little bit better every day. I had a lot more smell and taste coming back, then I got sick again and I'm back to ground zero. So those are kind of my re rehabilitation things for my body and then for my mind. I've been doing patterns like cross stitch reading patterns, um, Wordle, 
trying to do Candy Crush, simple games. The other thing I've been trying to do is learn something new or read something. So that has been helping keep my brain exercised. And then I did find for my mind is I'm going to try a free um, virtual group through my doctor's office. And we'll see how that um, group is. They, I don't know how often they meet a month. I think once or twice a month. And they're happening to have a meeting this week. So we'll see how that goes. Maybe I can find that to be helpful. I've conducted lots of educational groups before as a healthcare worker, as a nurse, but I have never really participated in them. So it will be interesting to be on the other side of conducting educational <laughs> groups <laughs> is to be participating in one. So we'll see how that goes. It's something new. See, you learn something new every day. Now, those are the things um, that I have been working on, and um, I will do show notes with information about the Great Granny Squared along, as well as um, You're the Boss of My Quilt. But I have to say, I have like really become super, super interesting, super interested in Lori Holt's um, new fabric line, as well as a couple of older lines and this great granny square pattern is really good but her yarn oh my it's called chunky thread and it's 100% cotton and I like working with 100% cotton so I'm on a waiting list because I'm rethinking my granny square uh, cardigan that I started last winter the yarns are not coming together as I pictured at all I need more coats of many colors look that the granny square went with and I um, only picked two colors and I just don't care for it so I'm going to change that project probably after the hot days I'm going to sew those granny squares together or crochet them together into a different type of a project so I am really excited about purchasing some Lori Holt chunky thread when I get the opportunity from Fat Quarter Shop because they have collections of her multicolors, which is what I, I like. And I really like her colors. They're fresh, they're spring, they're summer, they're fall, but they're saturated, bold colors. And they are really appealing to me. The next thing I want to get is some um, probably charm packs and she came out with a new line called Prairie. And I really like the, the same colorway that she always uses. But they're micro prints. And there's another one called, um, I think it's something about bees. I know um, Halo Inspiration has them. And they're in my shopping cart. And I'm just trying to remember. All right, let me put you on pause and let me look it up. Yeah, B plaids. And yeah, there's a lot of plaids and checks, but they're not like super homespun, that homespun look. I really like that. And then she has another Lori Holt line on her shop that is cooking. And I really, really like that one. I may have to get it another time. And when I save up my money, I want to buy the lamp with the magnifying glass on it and it's um it's called a halo lamp 
which would help me with my cross stitching and my hand sewing very very much so those are yeah cookbook is the other Lori Holt one that I really like she also has one called stitch that one is cute too but it's got a little more grays and browns in that line than I, I like but hmm the prairie and the bee plaids are definitely in my shopping cart I think they would make great English paper piece products, um, products, projects. So I'm, yes, I am really having to think about it. Now, something my mom just told me that I am glad that I have a little bit of a stash and maybe you will too, is that sounds like we're having another bad year on cotton because of drought. And I'm really, really working on trying to not buy large amounts of new fabric. I know, I just told you I'm buying 5-inch charm packs. Yes, I am. You mean, I can't completely not buy, which I have been on a very strict buying, <laughs> buying um, curtailment for lots of reasons. And one of it is I got a stash. I've had the stash given to me um, as an inheritance from one of my late friends and I've been using the stash so the good news is I've got lots of fabrics to pick from and same with um, yarn I do have yarns for projects but mostly I have a stash of cotton quilting fabric so the good news is if you've got a stash if prices take a massive jump again over this next year as my spending power with my current income becomes less with groceries and other economy related things I still have lots of options to be able to make quilts and make projects the only thing I want to get a little bit more of which I'm gonna do over time is buy some more light background fabric you know just a few yards here and there as well as some batting now I have hoarded a lot of my batting scraps over the years of being a lot 10 years now of being a long armor so for projects I have batting that I can crank and bat pretty well and um Believe me, I'm using that. The other part of all of this that I'm trying to summarize is that um, I'm trying to be more earth friendly and upcycle and recycle fabrics that I have that would be appropriate projects. Upcycling, you know, things like, oh, for example, I have a Tide Pod container that I saved last fall. And I saw a really cute Cricut project. If you take the labels off it, mine happens to be white. I could make a cute white pumpkin on one side and turn it over and put a little face on the next side for a snowman. And maybe I could even crochet or knit a little stocking hat for when I want to show it as a winter decoration. And you could put in a little battery-operated tea light. So I'm trying to use my wee yogurt jars and trying to recycle and upcycle as much as possible. There's so much waste in my house that I'm trying to not be 
person leaving a lot of garbage in the landfill and just so much waste just everywhere I go I see garbage and plastic and I'm starting to feel like a kid um, watching all of the shows on um, Schoolhouse Rock you know the ones that remind us that we need to take care of the earth so I want to end today's podcast with a little story about a real life situation that happened at a quilt show earlier this summer and then ask um, a question and then maybe offer a couple of solutions. So my friend made a COVID quilt. Her quilt guild did Moda Blockheads as a quilt along with the guild online while everybody was um, pretty much um, locked down still or they were not meeting face to face and my friend made a lovely lovely quilt it's a wall hanging size it has I believe nine blocks on it and one of the blocks was an applique block in the center and in May I quilted it and I started it right about the time I got COVID so it's truly a COVID quilt everything about this quilt. It was a beautiful quilt, pinks and turquoises and all kinds of beautiful color and modern. And this is the first show she had ever entered her quilt into. And I may have talked about this on the last podcast. And we were both so excited. We both worked so, so hard on it. I want to also interject here that I was thinking about joining this guild. It's not my hometown guild, but it is over a couple of counties. And my friend is part of it. And it's a very active guild. And I have had a few run-ins with the quilt police there before. But I thought, well, maybe things have changed. Because I knew a couple of other ladies who have joined. And, um, wow. The week of the quilt show, there was a big controversy over people entering their um, moda blockhead blocks into the show and that they should be for demonstration even though my friend paid the fee and paid to have comments on this quilt and paid to have it exhibited all of the people who did this challenge were going to have their quilts just hung on quilt racks and hang um, around the educational area about how to quilt and what is a quilt. And I was like, are you kidding me? And so we get there, and because of that, nobody else had put their blockhead quilt in the show. And I get there, and I look all over, and I can't find this quilt that we both worked so hard on. I mean, I can't tell you how many hours I spent long-arming it. Um, it was custom long-armed. It wasn't like micro-quilting, but it was still a lot of work on each block. And I am starting to get upset thinking about this. I would get to the corner, literally in the corner, in the education 
corner they have a quilt rack and sure enough hers was folded up and this is in a church and so the quilt was underneath a piece of art that showed the crucifixion and it was folded up to the tiniest little sliver showing one partial block at the bottom of the quilt and the docent came up to me and I had come back to it now twice once I figured out where it was and she goes oh so do you want to learn how to quilt do you know what a quilt is do you want to understand how a quilt is made and I said well I, I do know how to quilt and in fact I long-armed this quilt and I pointed to the one that was on the quilt rack and I said it's a shame that this quilt isn't being shown because it really is pretty and I can't tell you how many hours of work I put into long arming this for my friend. The docent looked a little embarrassed and she said well you did a nice job I noticed every block had something different I said yes I really worked hard on custom quilting this quilt it's all free motion. It wasn't done with a computer. And she said, well, then you know all about quilting and how much work goes into a quilt. And I said, yes, I do. Thank you, though. Um, I thank you for the words about the quilt. I still am disappointed that it's not hung up. Just about the time I was ready to leave the show, because this is in June, and I'm still really breathless. I'm still really tired, couldn't do a lot of walking, I'm sweating, I'm weak. Run into a couple of other my friends who came over to look at this quilt. They also were like, I can't believe it's folded up on a rack. And I told the story about telling the docent. <clears throat> and I thought, you know, I want to go back and get pictures of the award-winning quilts that were displayed across the aisle from the how to quilt display where this was folded up and get some pictures and then make a couple TikToks and shorts for YouTube. And I see the head people all wearing their badges like they're, um, you know, the board of the quilt show. And they said, well, you know, we probably should hang this quilt up because it is a pretty quilt. It is a beautiful quilt. Beautiful was the word they used. And someone brought in a photography backdrop um, display because my dad had those so I recognized it and they got a couple plastic pant hangers and they hung it up and I found one lady before she left who was a dose you know one of the board members I think I said thank you for hanging that quilt up because my friend and I worked really really hard on that quilt and she did a beautiful job on it and then I asked her to take a picture of me standing in front of the quilt I know that was really probably pretty rude of me to do but I was so upset I couldn't help myself so I did it I've got a couple of rotten pictures of me because the lighting's bad and she had to make my face look the fattest it, <laughs> it's the worst angle <laughs> but I got a picture of me standing in front of the quilt <laughs> taken by a board member of the quilt show <laughs> I'm not joining that guild um I decided if that's how they're gonna be no because it was a beautiful quilt and it was much better than several of the entry quilts that they had hanging in prestigious places anyway 
all of that to say, you know, let us not be the quilt police. I have not run into them in years because I don't generally go to smaller events like this. Oh my goodness, how much more petty and rude could you be? Because evidently you have to be in their quilt clique and whatever to be in the show. Quilting is about being an artist and expressing yourself and and putting it out there for everyone to see in a show, right? It's really a your personal um it's personal. And and then to have that happen I, I have a little bit tougher skin than my friend, I think, and I was not going to let them just leave it like that without saying something. But I shouldn't have had to, right? I should not have had to do that. And so this is why I don't join any guilds around here, because they all have the same kind of people in it. And I really don't like that. I think we need to be more open we need to be open to ideas that other people have. We need to embrace and encourage people to quilt no matter who you are, what age you are, what race, what your orientation is, what economic status you are, whether the quilt is upcycled, recycled, or whatever. That's to me what the, the quilting community should be, not the quilt police that I ran into. So we only have kindness here and, you know, everybody who quilts is an artist and makes pieces of art. I have quilts that are technically better than others and I have some that are emotionally more um, expressive or I've put more of myself into them. It doesn't matter because there's something magical about being able to cut up pieces of fabric or take scraps from a bin and put them together into making something beautiful and then it, it is labor intensive and it's very therapeutic and there's just a lot of creativity that goes into making a quilt so I say no to the quilt police and I don't want to contribute to those kinds of groups all of that said where can we go? Is there a virtual group online that's active, that has meetings where we can actually meet people? Um, where there, is there a smaller guild that has this and would accept people from not living in their area? I've run into a, nobody that's having like monthly meetings or virtual contacts because I live a pretty far away from a lot of guilds. And, um, yeah, so I'm kind of looking for something like that. Quilt group. I don't want to say it's a guild. A quilt group. Anyone have ideas? Um, let me know. Because I would like to join something <laughs> that's active, that is into challenges, that's into a charity, that's into all kinds of active things. Not just a group that you pay your dues to and say you're part of and you never meet anybody or have any relationships with people. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. And let us all remember that um, 
there's no place for rudeness in in a quilt show or a guild or anything. I thought it was worth telling that story. I thought about not telling it. I didn't feel well earlier and I didn't want to tell it and feel really bad about it. But I think it's important that we understand that this kind of behavior and these kind of attitudes still exist. And there's really no room for it in the world. The world is a tough enough place as it is. And this is supposed to be something that brings us joy and helps us express ourselves. And it's a very personal craft. So let's not be like that. Well, that's all I wanted to talk about this week. I'm starting to cough a little bit and I want to um, rest up now. So check out the show notes. I will put links to um, some of the things that we talked about. I also want to tell you that I am uh, an affiliate of Fat Quarter Shop and I have a link. So if you buy things from Fat Quarter Shop and you use my link, then um you pay exactly the same amount as you would normally, but I get a little bit of a percentage so that the next time I order something from Fat Quarter Shop, I have a little bit of uh, discount or credit. So thank you for those. Thank you, Barb. Thank you for using my affiliate link. I would also want to remind everyone that you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee if you'd like to support the podcast or the blog. And I want to thank all of those who have purchased a cup of coffee from Kofi, Kofi.com, and you can find that also on the blog. Um, Barb and Diane and Gail and everybody who have purchased me coffee. Um, Marsha, uh, thank you so, so much for all of the coffees that you have bought over the last couple of months. And the last thing is I'm still doing Saturday morning coffee on the blog, MyCreativeCorner3.com. And I am going to do another YouTube video here in the next day or so and show you the Great Granny Squared projects that I have been working on. The sun is coming out this afternoon, so maybe I'll get that recorded today while the lighting is good. And also TikTok is, if you're into TikTok, I do have an account. It's vholloway one two three four five and I post pretty regularly on it. It's not all about quilting but I do um, a lot of quilting short videos in a vertical format there and I'm um, having a lot of fun with it. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast and I look forward to chatting again and please feel free to leave a comment so that we can keep the conversation going online. Everyone have a most wonderful week. Stay safe, be healthy and happy. Bye now.